You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live. Today is Friday, and that means it is Open Line Friday. And that means you can call in with anything that might be on your mind today on our program. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can join the conversation by calling in. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Of course, I have things to talk about, and uh, maybe you'll be able to change the course of the discussion with what you want to call about, or maybe we'll just swing back to it, and I will decide because I'm the host. Let me let me throw something out at you. Do I have a right? Do you have a right? Does anybody have a right? But let's say as Christians, okay, as Christians, do Christians have a right to impose a value system on somebody else through the law or other other pressures? And uh you know, what is how far does that go? The whole idea that that the law would impose a a value system and the reason I'm asking that is I've been thinking about that for a while because there's a lot of nuance that we can get into when we have uh, callers call in with their opinion about particularly controversial issues. And, you know, abortion, obviously, one of them that we've heard a lot from earlier this week. Towards the end of the show, one of our callers called in, uh, Philbert was his name, and he was talking about how he is a liberal Christian. That's what he said. And uh, he talked about his view on abortion that was basically that while he thinks it's wrong for a Christian to do it, it's also a Christian value, he said, to basically to give people freedom of choice, so he's pro-choice. And I asked him a little bit what he meant by liberal, because that can mean something different. I think, uh, you know, over the course of time, what a liberal Christian might mean to different people is different. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the, the period we're in where we just change definitions to words we don't like. I mean that sometimes, you know, what this liberal or conservative changes. I would say conservative probably means something different today than it did in the 1980s and 90s. Um, and certainly liberal has a political connotation, but in, in theological circles, it has, you know, liberal and conservative theology has different meanings. So I wanted to know that. But I thought about this, and then I heard Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams basically saying the same thing when she was asked about this yesterday and uh, gave a similar opinion. She was asked what she would say to somebody who is pro-choice and also a Christian who is dealing with the tension of those two positions. Here's what she had to say when she was asked that question. Abortion is a medical decision. It is medical care. It is what helps a woman who's had a miscarriage actually navigate that space. That's technically a spontaneous abortion. It is what happens in an ectopic pregnancy, but it is also a decision that women make because they are not ready to be mothers. It is a medical decision. And while your faith tradition may tell you that you personally do not want to make that choice, it is not my right as a Christian to impose that value system on someone else because the value that should overhang everything is the right to make our own decisions, the free will that the God I believe in gave us. And my responsibility as a legislator is to make certain that we allow doctors and nurses and medical professionals to make medical decisions and that politicians stay out of it. Now, I thought that was a uh, interesting. That's only the first part of her answer here. And she clarifies a little bit in the next one I'll play in a second. You know, you know, she begins by downplaying, you know, whenever that question is asked right now, what we're hearing from people who are pro-abortion is, well, what about ectopic pregnancies and the life of the woman? I think most people, I think almost everybody 
believes. And I think actually every state allows for that. There might be some uh, problems in some of these state laws that uh, ambiguity that need to be fixed. But everybody thinks that if life of the woman is involved, then you, you go life for life, right? I think that that's not complicated. Um, there are some people, you know, who try to push one way or the other. I get that. But most people are are not really on that page. So it doesn't work, in my opinion, in the argument that we're having about abortion to go into something as if the other side doesn't agree already. They do. But then she talks about it as the the choice as a medical decision. This is something that I think is a new part of this conversation. Is it a private medical decision uh, just between a, a woman and a, her doctor or a mother and father, if he's allowed to be involved, and the doctor or whomever might be involved? Um, so she talks about that, but she says a couple of interesting things in here. She says, do I have a right as a Christian she says, I don't have a right as a Christian to impose a value system on somebody else. And I wondered about that. I thought, well, don't we impose value systems on other people? I mean, the ultimate issue here anyway that gets not spoken about, particularly if it's coming from somebody on the left with abortion, is does the unborn child have constitutional rights? Is it a human being and therefore should not be killed? That's the, uh, it's, you know, in that case, it's not just a medical decision. The state has a role to play, and that would be the anti-abortion point of view on this, uh, to put that in there. But at what point do I have a right as a Christian to impose a value system on somebody else? And if so, what are those things? What do you think about that? 888-528-2557. I think it's relevant for Christians who, you know, we're in a time where Christians are being challenged a lot because of the the heightened role of politics, or at least the way the media uh, portrays this, and lots of challenges about Christian nationalism, the idea that maybe the country has become an idol or certain politics for a lot of Christians or different churches. And I do think that's true for some churches. It's not true for everybody, though, who just has, who wants to be a you know, an American and has got an opinion. We're all allowed to be citizens, regardless of the fact that we have other religious beliefs. But I do think there's a time when the religious uh, belief becomes our politics, where Jesus takes second place, the the call to make disciples becomes second to, you know, our politics, or or it can be sports, it can be something else that, you know, that you are more passionate about. And that's certainly part of the discussion. But what rights does a government have, or a Christian have, if we just want to be uh, specific about it, in a Judeo-Christian part of the world, uh, what right does a Christian have to impose a value system on somebody else? 888-528-2557 is the number. It's 888-LA-TALKS. It's open line Friday. You can call with anything that's on your mind. And on Fridays, we'll change the subject just for you. 888-528-2557 is the number. She also said something else. She said that the value that overhangs everything else in her faith, her Christian faith, is the right to make our own decisions. Now, on that one, is that true? Do we have, you know... Is that a right that overhangs everything else? I have the right to make my own decisions. I mean, what is the context of that? In the course of living my life, do I have the right to decide what's wrong or right, you know, ontologically? You know, in cosmic justice, is my opinion about right or wrong right? Is God going to agree with my decision, right or wrong? And that's something else that sometimes happens with uh, with Christians and with some people who have believed over time 
that because they have an interpretation of Scripture, or in some cases, they're not even talking about the Scripture, they're talking about, you know, they believe God told them, or they believe they have some kind of insight into a situation, uh, that this is right and that's wrong. And there's, there's a history of that that is not good in the church, and usually that has to do with government. When the church gets too involved with government, that's where we have problems. They're in the uh, in the slavery debate back in the 1840s. Christians were blowing up in the 1840s over that because the Christians were abolitionists since before even the founding of the country. But some Christians, in particular Southern, you know, uh, Christians who owned slaves, um, what they were arguing is that the way I interpret the scripture is there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing, and then. Other Christians said, no, there's nothing in Scripture that says you can own another human being. In fact, all of the Scriptures are about freeing slaves. And other people say, well, that's not the way I read my Bible. And you can go in and you can read some very disturbing comments. You know, so the argument back then was, should we be ordaining slaveholders as pastors? And some people said yes, and some people said no. It's very... It's not the same issue at all, but should we be ordaining people as pastors who might have uh, an open rebellion in a moral area today? Um, Some people say yes, some people say no. Same kind of argument, obviously different issue. I thought this is something interesting that we need to really think about because the questions are being asked. And one of the other issues with abortion that's trying to be framed is that this is only a religious issue that only people who are religious are against abortion. And therefore, it's completely a religious issue, and the government shouldn't be restricting this procedure because it's about religion. And that's one argument that's trying to be made, once again, skipping the entire argument about whether or not an unborn child has constitutional rights. Now, what I thought was also interesting about her response is the person asking the question was really trying to ask her about her religious point of view. She says she's a Christian and uh, has talked about this before. And he he went back at her and, you know, he said, you know, would you accept any restrictions on abortion? And that's also part of the conversation that's happening everywhere in the country right now is what restrictions ought there be if there should be any. Should we allow abortion all the way up to the ninth month? Should we allow abortion up to six months? What's the what's the cutoff? At what point do we say, no, we're not comfortable with this anymore? Or what point do we say, now the government has a role to step in and, and protect the life of the child? And it gets into uh, a lot of ambiguity with people's different uh, points of view, and she kind of goes there. Here's what she had to say to that question, would you accept any restrictions on abortion? What I've said is that we understand that this is a medical decision. And so arbitrary political parameters make no sense. But it should always be that abortion care is available until a fetus is viable, unless that viability threatens the life of the mother. All right. So now she she says something very interesting. She goes back to the talking point. The talking point that that pro-abortion candidates are getting right now is what I've said is that we understand that this is a medical decision. That's why you hear that that phrase everywhere because it gets handed out, and that's how these things work. And the other, every side kind of does that when there's a political point they're trying to make. Uh, in this case, you know, I always feel like though that the side that is using more euphemisms and refuses to say the word is probably the side that has that will ultimately lose the argument if you really talk about it. You know, if you can't say abortion but you just want to talk about prenatal care or health care but you won't use the word. 
then you why? You know, it's why I prefer using terms anti-abortion or pro-abortion because it helps us stay on topic. If we say pro-choice or pro-life, suddenly we're talking about who knows what. Anti-abortion or pro-abortion. So she says, first the talking points, what I've said is that we understand that this is a medical decision, which is to say this is not a decision the government should be involved in, which is also another problem when we're living in a time where right now the government is considering whether or not you should be forced to get vaccinated or not, for example, whether or not your kids have to get a vaccine that I think 2%, if you're under five, I think 2% of kids under five have gotten that vaccine. That says that it's not a left and right issue anymore. It's a nobody wants to do it or nobody thinks they there's any real urgency. What happens if uh, we're forced? See, that's a, that's a medical decision. Should the government be involved there? So you have both sides. You have a problem in this argument because you are going to have to talk about what has to be compulsory and what isn't when it comes to uh, whatever kind of health decision you're going to make. The difference in abortion, of course, is we're not just talking about your body. We're talking about a another child where I would believe is is a human being, is a separate science tells us that the unborn child has completely different DNA from the husband or the father and the mother um, and is a distinct human being. So the question really is of value. At what point is the unborn child of such value that it deserves constitutional protection? This is the legal question, not the religious question. Uh, Certainly there is a religious question there. Does the unborn child deserve protection? You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. It's also Open Line Friday. So on Fridays, I will let you go off topic. If you have something else that you've just been saying, i got to ask this question. i got a Bible question, or there's something going on in the news I want to talk about, or just something on your mind, you can do that. We'll change the subject for you, and maybe it'll change the entire course of uh, the conversation. Maybe we'll just come right back to wherever we were before your call. But you can call 888-528-2557. So um, she says, and we've played clips of gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams in the state of Georgia, where she was asked about her opinion as a Christian being a pro-choice Christian, a pro-abortion Christian, and she brought up a lot of interesting points. Um, Interesting meaning that we really need to talk about them. Is She said, what right does the government have, what right do I as a Christian have to impose a value system on someone else? And then she said, she did say that the value that overhangs everything in our faith is the right to make our own decisions. Is that true? I don't think that's true. The right, where in the Bible is, you know, maybe you're just talking about the idea of free will or something, but free will doesn't mean that you're doing the right thing just because you decided to choose it. Does that make sense? 888-528-2557 is the number. Ophelia in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks, Scott. Well, first of all, there's, uh, there's no such a thing as a liberal Christian. You're either a Christian or you're a liberal. You can be both. Christians are called to uphold the Bible, the Word of God. And it's supposed to be our law. And it says that it's supposed to be a man and a woman, and we are going to have kids. The people, the politicians are make, making this a political issue is not a medical issue because if a, if a girl that gets pregnant wants to kill a baby at any point, 
she was not ready, says this woman, to be a mother, but she was ready to have sex, right? Does the, and that goes, no. I think, to the uh, anophilia. I think that goes to the question I'm trying to get at. At how far does a Christian have in the society to require, say, that a person doesn't have sex before their marriage? They're married. Is that something that should be legal, or is that something that's just for Christians or other religious people who have that value? We are to, to, we, Christians are the light to let the people know, the people who's lost, because now we are in a world that people don't know the upside down. So it, they need to know what is right, what is wrong, and it's a choice. Yes, they have to choose. Like if they want to go to hell, it's their choice. Okay, and then I think I appreciate I appreciate your call, uh, Ophelia. There, and it kind of gets to you. Know, you said it's their choice, and that is where some people are are trying to make a distinction. So that's one of the things I thought would be interesting to talk about. Is is it the choice? Do we leave it with abortion, for example, as choice? Because that would be the pro-choice position. What our caller earlier this week said is that. I don't have a right to tell someone else what to do with the respect to abortion. I wouldn't do it myself. The caller said that they did it. They don't believe that it's right. They believe that it's sin and that a Christian shouldn't do it. But their point was, and this is what they said about being a liberal Christian, I think what I ultimately said was, I think you sound more like a uh, um, a libertarian because you just wanted everybody to be able to choose you know, whatever they, they, uh, they want to do. Uh, that's what he thought. That's kind of what Stacey Abrams is here. And I'm wondering where the limits are to that, because uh, I don't believe we should be, you know, Jesus never told us to uh, get as many people elected to office as possible and force people to believe what we believe. You know, obviously he didn't say that, and we don't want to force people. It's not faith if you're forced into confessing Christ. That's, That's not real faith. You know, if it's sort of like a reverse martyr situation where I'm going to kill you if you don't say Jesus is the Savior... Uh, so you say Jesus is the Savior because you don't want to get killed, but that doesn't mean you really believe that. And, you know, so obviously that's an extreme example. But at, at what point does a society have the right from a religious point of view or a Judeo-Christian point of view to step in and say this behavior, uh, this choice is no longer a choice? Uh, you can't do that. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888 the other thing that she said that I thought was interesting, Stacey Abrams, the governor, gubernatorial candidate of uh, Georgia, you know, she said, what I've said, as, and she's talking about abortion as a pro-choice Christian, she says, what I've said is that we understand that this is a medical decision and so arbitrary political parameters make no sense. But then she says, and what she means, I guess, by arbitrary, right, is where does life begin? And that must be what that means. Does it begin at conception? Does it begin at five months? And then she made this statement. She said, but it should always be that abortion care is available until a fetus is viable, unless that viability threatens the life of the mother. So what's really interesting about that comment to me is that someone who really is on the far left would say, you just said that abortion should only be legal up to 24 weeks, which everybody says is the week of viability. There have been some babies who have lived who were born as early as 21 weeks now somewhere in the uh, second trimester, in the old trimester way of thinking. So it's interesting that on the one hand, she says that it's not for us to decide it's always a medical decision. But then when pressed, what do you think? Should there be any restrictions? She says abortion should be available until the fetus is viable, which in 
you know, there's certainly some statistical, scientific ways to say when these, the fetus is viable. But what we're learning in science is that that number is getting earlier and earlier and earlier. Is it possible that in a few years, um, a 10-week-old fetus would be viable because it can be removed and, and put in a tube? Uh, and survive, that might be the course of, of science. See, this is where I think we get into the weeds of a lot of stuff, and I think it's good for us to think about it, particularly in our, our questions about life and and how we organize our country, where this whole idea that my rights are the only rights that matter um, is a problem. It becomes a problem when I am putting my rights above the rights of somebody else. And in this case, you know, where I'm coming from, is that the unborn child should have rights. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. It is Open Phone Friday, so we'll take your call on anything you'd like and change the subject if you want to do that. Um, let's see. I'm going to take a call here real quick who's changing the subject right before the break. Carol in Riverside. Welcome yes, to Southern hi. California Live. i got about 30 Thank seconds, you. Carol. I'll be quick. The author of Think chair that you mentioned earlier in the week? Oh, the book about thinking is John Maxwell. Uh, John Maxwell. He wrote a book about, in the book, we were talking about earlier this week about why it's so important to have a place to uh, think. And uh, let me see if I can find that for you here real quick. Thanks. Thinking for thinking for a change. That's the name of the book, Thinking for a Change. Oh, okay, Thinking for a Change. Okay, right, well, thank you, and God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your call. All right, 888-528-2557. We'll come back for your calls as soon as we get back from our break. It's Open Phone Friday. Anything on your mind, you can give us a call, and uh, we will chat about that. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Today is Open Line Friday. You can call in with anything that is on your mind and ask a question or stay on the topic of the day. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. We have been talking about uh, questions that come up about a Christian and whether or not a Christian has the right to impose a value system through the government or some other way on somebody else. Abortion is the primary idea that we're talking about here, but it could be anything else, I suppose. Uh, You know, the definition of marriage, whenever we had that argument, you know, marriage goes well beyond Judeo-Christian thought. You know, most religions have had marriage of one man and one woman. And, you know, a question, if you want to thread the needle a little bit is, is it about, from a legal standpoint, is it about marriage? Is marriage from the state standpoint of a state about man and woman or, you know, male and female, or is about the importance of family for the raising of kids and the building of a, a society? See, there's there are lots of reasons for different things. When it comes to abortion, we have played clips of Atlanta, of uh, Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, who, when asked about her Christian faith in abortion, she emphasized that she believes it's a medical decision, which is kind of the the dodge. But then she ultimately said it should be always it should be that abortion care is available until a fetus is viable, unless that viability threatens the life of the mother. Which sounds to me that she thinks that 
abortion should be legal up to 24 weeks and then not after that unless it threatens the life of the mother. It's not not what she uh, meant to say, but it is what she said. 888-528-2557. Oscar in Baldwin Park, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, Scott. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, just quick on the topic that you started. Um, I think as a believer in Christ, you have a responsibility to put the word out there. Um, you know, without really putting, without, how can I put it, maybe in an undercover type of way. Because nowadays, you know, the world, people like to hear religious talk about Christ. And the average person, trust me, I know. And um, But I think as long as you know in your head and your heart where it's coming from, like from the Bible, the word, just phrase things different. And I think you get people to understand a little bit better in the world nowadays because, like I said, nobody really wants to hear the know the Christian word that much, you know, but I think if, as a as a as a believer in Christ, you have that responsibility to kind of if you think somebody's going to make a uh, maybe a, in a, a, a decision that you don't believe in that that you know maybe goes against the God, I think we have a responsibility to kind of tell them that like no, like maybe God wouldn't like that, not right. and, but without really directly telling them, you know. Well, it, you know, I think Oscar, kinda, uh, uh, one of the things I think uh, and I appreciate your call, Oscar, uh, very much. We don't want to hide our light under a bushel. Right. We want to be, you know, open about it. We don't want to be deceptive. It's I think it's another part of, you know, where do we you know, what what leverage do we have to cause people, other people to follow a Judeo-Christian ethic? I think we don't want to force people into anything. So I, I would say that we don't want to be tricky. We do want to be smart. And, you know, for a lot of people today, I think you're right. People don't want to hear it, but they do want to see it. You know, what they want to see is a person who loves other people and who lives out the gospel, yeah. which then opens the door for you, right, Oscar, to share your faith very openly, because they'll say, why do you act this way? Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. The people want to see uh, walk the walk, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, that's what I think, I was, my other point I was going to say. Yeah. All right, Oscar, yeah. thanks for your call. Appreciate that. Um, let's see. Harvey, uh, welcome to Southern California Live. Harvey, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Signal Hill. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Harvey. What are your thoughts? Great. Hey, look, talking about abortion. Yeah, talking about abortion, you, you know, women, you just can't leave them out there. I think any woman who finds herself pregnant that does not have health insurance should automatically be qualified for Medicare. That's number one. You have to protect them. You can't leave them out there. Number two, um, you have to do something with serial rapists, whether you disarm them uh, by drugs or whether you disarm them physically, they must be disarmed. And number three, we probably need to look at, again, when does child care start for a man who is not the husband of this woman? Mm. She is doing things during the pregnancy that she would not normally do. Uh, and right. so we, we, we probably need to look at that. So, you know, I agree. I'm Christian. I do believe that, that abortion is wrong, but as a Christian, you can't leave this woman out there without health insurance to fend for herself. Yeah. Do you think that Medicare, one of the issues is that should Medicare cover abortion? I don't think the government should be involved in killing any citizen. Hmm. The, 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 our government uh, benefits from having an educated, healthy citizen group. That's how we benefit. So, so, so that's where we should be looking toward. No, we shouldn't be involved in abortion at all. The United States government should not be involved in it, and the decision that they made was absolutely correct. All right, Harvey, thank you very much for your call. Harvey made a couple of different points. You know, and 
you know, and maybe another good question is, and this goes to the same question that's kind of uh, underlying what we're talking about. He talked about serial rapists and something needs to be done. And I'll just say it should should serial rapists be castrated? You know, it can be done chemistry, you know, chemically these days. Um, should that be done? And and that is, of course, it is enforcing values, right? Our value as a society would be don't rape people. Um, and, you know, is that something that should be done? The other one he said, I think, which also is a great one, is when does child care start? He means when should a father be involved in the, the taking care of a child? An interesting thing is, and I, I say immediately, by the way, he's involved. If we're going to do this, then he is involved. And if, you know, that's one of the problems, too, in, in abortion and the argument of, you know, a crisis pregnancy, what often makes it a crisis is the guy bails. And that's wrong. We need to put that pressure on the guy. In Georgia, incidentally, Georgia now, Georgians can claim an embryo as a dependent on their tax returns. The Georgia Department of Revenue said uh, Monday that in-state residents can claim embryos with a detectable human heartbeat as dependents on their taxes. It added that an embryo with a detectable heartbeat has been added to the definition of dependent uh, effective July 20th. And uh, so that's an interesting thing, the way that they are preparing the law. I think what they're really doing is preparing another Supreme Court case to get the Supremes eventually to determine, does the unborn child have constitutional rights? And in this case, what that does is it brings the feds involved. Uh, or it's, I think it's not, it wouldn't count for federal, it would just count for state. But the idea that, okay, I'm pregnant now, I get a tax deduction. Um, a very interesting thing that's happening there. But what it where it goes to Harvey's point is, um, if you're getting a tax deduction, that's some help for the woman. And it's more that says, if we're going to say this is a child, then she deserves the support just the same while she's pregnant as she would the day that the baby is born. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live, Open Line Friday. We're talking about uh, the abortion issue, but really on a deeper level, what does a Christian have, does a Christian have the right or responsibility to force values on somebody else, or even just society? Where do we draw that line with what gets forced on other people from a value standpoint? Mike in Calabasas, welcome to Southern California Live. Good afternoon, Scott. I just want to thank you for what you're doing. Keep doing it. Thank you, Mike. You know, we're out here in the wild, wild west, California, and a couple quick topics. Um, Yesterday, there was a terrible car accident in Los Angeles yeah, where they awful. first said five people died, and then they said six people died. And the sixth person was an unborn child. Mm. So it counts when an unborn child dies in a car accident, but not an abortion. Yeah, we have a, we're definitely, we definitely are not consistent as a society on how we view that, right? Yeah, and the other point is... Um, I guess I'm contributing to distraction because we're talking a lot about abortion, but, you know, we're called in Matthew 419 to be fishers of men, sharing people the message of Christ and redemption, and we're all getting in pity arguments, or I don't call them pity, but arguments about abortion, and how many people are we winning over to the Lord when we're having arguments? You know, Mike, that is an excellent point, just in general, about the things that we argue about. Uh, yeah. And how much time and effort we spend on a lot of issues, you know, this one, at least we're talking about whether or not we're taking of a life and the the, the preciousness of life. 
But you're right. We spend a lot of time talking about things, and the people that we know are no closer to knowing Jesus than they were when we started the conversation, are they? Yeah, we may have repelled some of them. Yeah. And and another, you know, we don't let the word do its work. I heard the earlier caller uh, say, you know, we have to be, you know, kind of you you warned about being stealthy, and you know, the word the word is uh, offensive. <laughs> it can be really offensive, but guess what? His word. It's powerful, and as long as we use the word and not our own bite, then God's will can be done. Yeah, and we don't have to be offensive. The word can be offensive, but we don't have to be offensive in the way we no. do it. No, right? That's we just a big have to deal. deliver it. Yeah, Mike, thanks for your call, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. Stephanie and Glendale, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Stephanie, go ahead. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, my thinking is that if we call ourselves as Christians, we are the following of Christ. Mm-hmm. Love what Christ loves and what and care what God, what, uh, what Christ is God. And what, you know, we should be in line with uh, God's uh, thinking. So if we have any problem at all, that we should really go back to the Bible and see what Bible says about the subject. So I think about the fact whether we have the right to impose our value to other people or not, well, the the answer would be no, not to other non-Christians. But for all who call themselves Christians, we have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. So we don't belong to ourselves. Our, Our will should be in line with what God's will is. So God's book, the Bible, will be our standard. So, um, so I think that we don't have uh, the right to impose our value onto other non-Christians because they don't have the same standard as we do. But I think for Christians, and uh, they call themselves as a liberal Christian, and they think that they have the right to think uh, they whatever they think is right, that's wrong because uh, we we have accepted Christ as a savior. So we should be in line with what the Bible says. All right, so Stephanie. we don't have the right to uh, make our own will. Uh, right. as, uh, what I appreciate your call. i got to let you go. i got to go to a break. You know, she's right that with all of this, you got to go back to the Scripture. And, you know, it is one of the things I think Christians do need to, in all of this conversation, we're talking about imposing our, our ethics or our values. There certainly is a governmental question here, right? There is a constitution. There's right to life. When does that begin? Those can be secular conversations and part of the the culture. We also need to remember as Christians, you know, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, what business is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? Are you not to judge those inside? And he's not saying that you don't make a commentary on the culture, but we we find it pretty easy, don't we, sometimes as Christians to say uh, what those people over there are doing is bad, but we're not taking the log out of our own eye, which Jesus told us to do, and worry about the condition of the church. How are we doing as the church in that area? I think we got some work to do. 888-528-2557 is the number. Open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you have on your mind. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as soon as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5. KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It is Open Line Friday. 
The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. What goes through your head when you hear the, the sort of... Uh, like some kind of magician pulling, you know, the uh, rabbit out of a hat. You know, what is that? <laughs> well, you never know what happens on uh, Southern California Live and Open Line Friday. We pull a lot of rabbits out of our hat just about every single day as the magic of our conversation continues. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. All right, we've been talking about abortion, the idea of whether or not you know, at what point can you impose values on another person as a Christian or maybe even just as a society? Uh, let's go to Katie in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California, Katie. Southern California Live. Yes, welcome to Southern California. Glad that you're here. Also on the show. Are you Are you with me? Hi, Scott. Thanks so much for taking my call and shining a light on these important topics. Yeah. Um, as Christians, it's important to speak truth in love. Life absolutely begins at conception. Once the egg is fertilized, we know a healthy fetus will grow to become a fully developed human, to impose our selfish and evil desires onto an image bearer who cannot speak up for themselves is immoral and wrong. The womb is supposed to be the safest place for a grown child, and it's become a slaughterhouse, unfortunately, um, as American believers. We must vote in ways to support God's truth and glorify Christ, but we have to share who Jesus is and the forgiveness of our sins he offers by grace through faith so others may be transformed by the Holy Spirit and uh, repentant. Let me ask you this. How do we do it in a country? Let's let's assume for a second that, you know, in Kansas this week, and I realize there's controversy about how it was written and all of that detail, but uh, Kansas, mm-hmm. Kansas voters, uh, a red state, a state that I think supported... Donald Trump by 16 points or something like that uh, in 2020 uh, voted to not uh, ban abortion in their state constitution. Uh, Let's assume for a second that every state decides to do that eventually, that the country has decided uh, this is going to be a legal right, whether we believe it's right or not. What should a Christian, how should a Christian proceed outside of the vote? Well, I think it starts within our communities and speaking out at, um, you know, our churches and schools. I I don't think we should make it political at all. I think we should always, you know, make sure it's aligned with God's Word and have these hard conversations with friends and really shine a light on who Jesus is and and the value that every human has um, intrinsically because God has created them. Um, So I think it really begins with dialogue um, in our communities and taking positions of, you know, power, but not in a corrupt way, just taking positions of influence, uh, whether that's on social media or in schools and, um, yeah, school campuses. I just think it's important that we're bold in speaking the truth in love and not shy away from God's word. Do Christians have, this is a harder question maybe, but do Christians have the credibility to be listened to in a moral question in our culture today? That's, it is a difficult question. Um, I think, I truly believe, you know, we have the authority that Christ gives us and we can, um, I think, shining a light. Gosh, yeah. Um, I, I think we don't have the credibility when it comes to most of the world because this world is a dark place, and, you know... We, we definitely already have that uh, going for us, you know, uh, 
you know, the the light is going to overcome the darkness, right? Uh, yeah, Katie, absolutely. thank you for your call. I appreciate that very thank much. You. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It's Open Line Friday. Anything you want to call about, you can call about. And, uh, you know, I think when we talk about these things, we have to recognize that the words we use, the arguments that might be used on any issue that might be coming from a, a Christian person, whether it be political or just in our, our friendships, you know, the way we are with people matters a lot. In the book of 1 Corinthians, you know, Paul, you know, really rips into a, a church full of people who who really felt good about themselves, and uh, but they were tearing each other apart. Chapter 5, he says, it's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, uh, and even the kind that pagans don't tolerate. He says, a man is sleeping with his father's wife. Okay, we won't get into all that. He goes, and you are proud. You should have gone into mourning. And this is the context of where he later says, you know, what business is it of mine to uh, judge those outside the church? We need to pay attention to what's going on inside the church. And I do think that the, uh, you know, if we're going to speak on moral issues in the culture, then we have to act different. We have to be in a different place. And the church isn't doing too well on this subject. We're doing okay. Like, it's not as bad as what some people say, but it's a big deal. And it matters quite a bit. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. You can also email me, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I know some of you can't get to your phone. You're working or, or busy. Denise writes uh, to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. She says, Scott, uh, no, we cannot personally force someone to not have an abortion, and a lot needs to be done to support unwed pregnant women. Once again, there's action there, right, that in all of this that we're not merely trying to, if you're on the anti-abortion side, it's not about just winning an argument. It's about doing the work. What if you win the argument? Then you need to do the work to help people. And that's where the church has to act. Then she says, she makes this point, but the like the Hebrew midwives that stood against the Pharaoh and did not kill the baby boys born, we should take that as an example. We have to stand for God's values, both in our personal lives, which I think is key, And because we live in a democracy, we've been given the right to stand for those values, voice those values, and impact the voting public about those values in our government, and thus hopefully win the war of thought and impact our laws that then more align with God's values. You know, this is always, like most things, it's a matter of the heart. You know, one of the things about abortion or other issues that might come back to a vote is that that emphasizes, I think, even closer that that. All of these things are a matter of the heart. Where are we at as a culture? Where are we at as the church? What What is it that's in our heart? Not just in do we subscribe to a, a set of academic beliefs and we sort of check mark this and we check mark that. Where's our heart and is our heart for people and loving people and and you know sort of holistically realizing that there is a whole lot going on in all these areas. Denise also wrote this. She said, we also know from Paul that government is instituted by God to protect the innocent and who are more innocent than a baby in their mother's womb. Looking back on the Old Testament, any nation that flagrantly disobeyed God's commands, baby sacrificed to Balak or Sodom, God, after 400 years of grace, ultimately judged severely those blatant sins. You know, I don't know how, you know, there's argument. Obviously, I have some thoughts about it. There's argument about you know, how much of God's wrath from the Old Testament we should not consider that he would do after Christ until the second coming. But I do believe 
no matter where you stand on that, that there are consequences to sin, that whatever sin touches dies. And, you know, we look at the Old Testament and we say, oh, and those people sacrificing their babies and, and in the fire and doing all kinds of stuff like that. We think, you know, how, uh, how ancient. Um, but how are we doing with our kids today? Not just with abortion, but, you know, there's an awful lot going on with our kids today where we are sacrificing the kids for our own comfort, aren't we? Why are we making just the kids in San Diego wear masks in schools and not everybody else? Who's that about? It's not about protecting the kids. It's about protecting the adults. And the New York Times, liberal liberal newspaper, okay, wrote a whole article about how odd it is that we have moved to a place where during the COVID, the restrictions had a lot more to do with protecting adults the way we perceived it. And we sacrificed the kids in order to do that. I think there's a lot of ways that we sacrifice kids today that, you know, it's not as barbaric as tossing them in the fire and sacrificing them to some God, and yet maybe the God we're sacrificing them to is our own comfort, our own health, whatever it might be. And abortion could very well be uh, the same thing, and maybe we're not doing so well as a country. Maybe everything's being torn apart because we have lost that. I'm going to take one more. Yeah, you know, I may not get to that call here, um, and you can hang on through the break. Um, I want to encourage you um, in all of these things to to think and to realize that as Christians, we are called to love our neighbor in action, not just have a feeling, to love our neighbor. That part of being a Christian is not just to subscribe to the certain number of beliefs. One of our callers, I think, got it right, <clears throat> excuse me, that there are so many things that we argue about. And imagine how much time is wasted arguing about those things. You know what some people did, some KKLA listeners did today at the Orange County Rescue Mission? They donated diapers. We had a diaper um, um, fundraising campaign down there. And I want to thank you for doing that. Uh, You're providing something that is needed for families and little kids who are in the rescue mission, who are homeless people. You know, there is so much that we can do together with our resources, with our time, that isn't about going into the rescue mission, for example, and saying, I'll give you some diapers if you happen to agree with me about these political or religious subjects. No, we just love people. You need diapers. Here you go. They're expensive. They're, you need them all the time. We're really glad to give you. So I want to thank those of you who participated in that uh, today in Orange County. And we'll come back for your calls on Open Line Friday. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. Anything you want to talk about, we'll get to that today. 888 Talks. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. 